For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Bailey is tracked down for a short loss. Shamarco Thomas. It's like a missile. It's a heat-seeking missile to the football. Charles finding someone, directing his body, and trying to run through that person. An explosive safety. For some programs, maybe doesn't mean as much. For this Syracuse program, it means a lot. What's up, Syracuse fans? It's Mike McAllister from AllSyracuse.com, part of the Sports Illustrated Network, here with episode four of the Believe in Syracuse podcast, along with my co-host, former Orange Safety, Shamarco Thomas, the man, the myth, the legend. Mr. <laughs> Thomas, how are you doing today? Man, I'm blessed, man. Just came out of the gym, ready to put in some work. Absolutely. And of course, we have future internet sensation, Kyle Leff as the producer with us, the producer extraordinaire. Kyle, how are you doing today? Oh, I'm doing great. You know, I'm getting ready to be a star, a star in the making here. Oh, man, in the making. That's right. That's right. That We are going to make sure that happens one way or another. But before we get into all things Syracuse versus Albany, it's that time of year again, and all eyes are now turning to football as teams are back on the gridiron to start the football season. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro, college, and college football action this season. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including Online's biggest half million dollar NFL mega cont- contest, the world's largest $200,000 NFL survivor contest, open now at Bet Online. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. This week's episode, we have Syracuse versus Albany. We're going to break down this matchup um, as best as we can. And I want to start by, we know that Albany is an FCS opponent. And when you're a power five team, you go into the matchup and everyone expects that you're going to blow them out, right? You're going to win by 30, 40 points. It's not going to be much of a game competitively. That's the expectation. But as we know, and as we have seen multiple times this year in college football, do not sleep on the FCS. Montana beat number 20 (laughs) Washington at Washington earlier this year. And Syracuse's first opponent, Ohio, lost to FCS Duquesne in week two after losing to Syracuse. So anything can and will happen. We know Villanova has pushed Syracuse to to the brink in the dome. We know that Rhode Island nearly upset Syracuse in the dome. But from a player's perspective, you go into the game knowing you're the far, far more talented team and that you should win this game. So how do you approach a game with a lesser opponent that's down a level in terms of making sure you're sharp, keeping up your intensity? How do you get yourself to that intensity level and trying to make sure that you're executing um, at your highest level um, in the game so that it, the outcome is what you expect? 
uh, like you said, getting back to the details, to getting back to getting sharp, man, working on the small things. You know, it's a it's a not it's a smaller opponent, but reality, they're coming in like it's a championship. So reality, you got to be on your A game, play with your technique, be fundamental, and know that they're coming to play as a champion. A champion. They're literally coming to play a championship game. You know what I'm saying? This might be their biggest game of the season in their eyes, but reality, if you sleep, they will creep up and win the game. So you got to work on the fundamentals and the attack like it's a, a regular game, like it's like you're playing Rutgers or playing the Division One team that's really going to come out there and compete because at the end of the day, man, it's football. And like you said, I even seen the Oklahoma, was it Oklahoma Tulane game it was a close game and it was number two in the country. So anything is possible. So this is a week, just sharpen your irons, go back to basic, man, and man, play your game and don't get outbeat with mistakes. And the, the other part of, of the Albany matchup is regardless of how good they are from an FCS standpoint, you know, I, I don't think they're expected to be one of the better FCS programs this year, but even still the fact that it's in state, makes it even that much more of the Super Bowl for them because, you know, a lot of those guys are New York kids, right? They're, or they're Northeast kids, and they're ones that that thought they deserved a shot at the Power Very 5 cool. level. They thought that they should have been a Division One prospect. And, and many of them, especially those from New York State, thought, you know, they grew up saying, I'm going to go play for Syracuse, and I'm going to be the next great local product, you know, to play at Syracuse and star at Syracuse they're going to have that chip on their shoulder. Something they're cool. going to have that intensity and that's something you have to match. So when you're going against, you know, when you, when you have Clemson coming in the dome, right? They're, they're top five in the country, defending champs or, or, you know, defending ACC champs, national champs, whatever they are. It's very easy to get up for that game, right? It's, it's much more difficult to get up for a game when you've got Albany who's 0-2 and they're an FCS program coming to your place. What do you have to do to get your intensity up? What do you do pregame? Is there a certain music you listen to? Is there a certain quote that you read? Do you talk to your teammates? What What is it that you get yourself up so that you're pumped up and ready to go and you've got that intensity? Uh, you better be pumped up because it's another next game. You know what I'm saying? At the end of the day, Syracuse is one and one and they and uh, Albany is 0-2. So reality, they're not, we're not no championship team right now. So at the end of the day, you got to go in there and take it each game at a time. And you got you to have that leader. You know what I'm saying? I don't know who's their leader on that team. You got that leader that's be on them in the week because at the end of the day, you win the game in the week. You know, you can't be the team like, oh, we got Albany this week. We can slack up. You know, it's I seen a lot of things happen in college where you get into practice and we got an FCS team and people start lax daisy dropping pads. People don't cover each other. And that happens in the game. The way you practice, the way you play. So I hope they got a leader in that room is really on them keeping their mind right and thinking about the rebirth because actually they just came from an L last week and uh, this can bounce them back and give them momentum to the next game. Yeah, and when you're one and one and you're trying to find your identity this season and you're trying to keep fans interested in your program, you had a one in 10 season last year. You were five and seven the year before that. Trying to get back to your first bowl game since that 10-win season, you can't afford to take a game off, let alone a playoff or a series off. So yes, it's an FCS opponent. Yes, it's Albany, 
But if you're Syracuse coming off of the bad taste in your mouth against Rutgers, it shouldn't matter who the opponent is. You should come out with your hair on fire, ready to hit anybody, ready to play, ready to go. And uh, I, I so why you D one? Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. If I think it'll be telling if Syracuse comes out and doesn't show that energy, because because I expect that they will. And based on the body language after the game against Rutgers, based on the way that they've they've spoke uh, during media opportunities since that. Rutgers game they seem really ticked off about that loss and I think that bodes well for that energy levels that they should come out with a chip on their shoulder to try to put that loss behind them and turn over a new leaf so hopefully from a Syracuse perspective um, all of that will contribute to not having a lack of energy or enthusiasm or aggressiveness in this game Let's let's look at each side of the ball specifically. Let's start with the offense. That was what struggled against Rutgers, RPO. right? RPO. RPO. <laughs> I feel like we said that last episode a lot. <laughs> we did, but there's a reason for it. But um, you know, from from a from a high level, right? Um, what is it that you want to see Syracuse accomplish? What what are you expecting to see from them in this game against Albany from an offensive standpoint? Get back to the basics. Get back to the same things you did the first game. You know, realize it wasn't broken. So go out there and master it. Master it over and over, man. This is a game where you can master your techniques, man. I'm not saying make mistakes, but go in there and use your strength, man. See how far it gets you, man. Get your, get your running that back to his confidence. You know what I'm saying? Get him 100 yards plus. You know what I'm saying? See if the play action works with him. You know what I'm saying? This is the game to master your craft for, master your craft for the next opponent. Absolutely. And, you know, I, what I want to see is, and, and I know this is not something you typically do against an FCS opponent, but I think given the circumstances is almost the perfect chance to do it is I want to see a little bit more creativity in the play calling offensively. Yes. I know we want to see RPO. We want to see that. Yes. We want them to run the ball well and establish that, but you know, Syracuse could win this game, handing the ball off 70 times and just pounding it. And they'd probably win by 35 points. But there are other things that they need to accomplish other than just that in this game. And I think doing some things creative, creatively offensively, whether it's, um, you know, a different kind of a screen pass, whether it's, you know, combination routes down the field, uh, whether it's something, whether it's running the RPO three or four plays in a row and then some sort of play action off of that or. I know novel concept, throw the ball to the tight end once in a while, please. You have tight ends that can catch the ball, throw it to them, please. One time. I don't think a Syracuse tight end has a target in two games. And that oh, is ridiculous. ridiculous. That is ridiculous in a game against Rutgers where you struggled to move the ball and you've got Luke Benson who can catch. He is a good receiver. He's not a very good blocker. He's an awful blocker, but he is a very good receiving tight end. Absolutely. Take advantage of his skill set. Throw him the ball. Even if you have to line him up as a wide receiver and not throw it to him out of a traditional tight end. RPO, spot. look at Calvin Kelsey. Pop passes, gadget plays. Something. I mean, <laughs> do you know what? Call bring in a, a reserve offensive tackle, call him eligible, run a play action screen back to your backup offensive tackle. Do something funky like that just to change things up, to give fans a little bit of hope that you've got some creativity and you're not just going to keep doing the same thing. That's what I want to see 
from an offensive standpoint in this game. That's my big thing. Do something creative, throw the ball to the tight end. I want to see Luke Benson involved from a pass catching perspective in this game. And I'm hopeful that we'll see a little bit of that. Although Sterling Gilbert has not shown us that he likes to throw the tight end. I don't know if he had a really bad experience in a past life or something with tight ends and he just <laughs> hates them. There's got to be something going because he just won't throw it to the, I don't understand. But anyway, um, switching over to the other side of the ball from the defensive perspective, they've been exceptional in the first two games. Um, I think even as much positivity as there was with the defense in the, from, from last year, uh, with all the issues they had last year, the defense showed a lot of flashes. And so there was hope that they would take a step forward this year. I think they've shown through the first two games that perhaps they're ahead of even the, uh, most positive expectations from Syracuse fans that through the first two games. I think they've shown that now you're going against a, a far lesser opponent to what you play in the first two weeks. Um, you know, from a defensive perspective, how to, to get yourself amped up for those games, et cetera. But what, what do you want to see from the defense to try to continue that trend of being one of the better defenses in the ACC? Hey, don't let up. Don't let up, man. This is the game to get them picks, them turnovers, sacks, create, man. Get your stats up, man. And I'm not just talking about just that because at the end of the day, I know in those type of weeks, I always hone in on my technique, you know, stuff. The brushy stuff I messed up in the big game before, like, you know what I'm saying? If I give up a coverage play or my eyes, recognition, and read my keys. These are the games that you can get back to your fundamentals and make big-time plays, man, and put yourself back where your confidence level is at, man, from taking that L. Yeah, and, and you know, Momentum is a funny thing. And week one, Syracuse had some momentum on both sides of the ball. Week two, defense carried that into that game and, and it did not offensively. But this is a chance, I think, for both sides of the ball to get back on the right side of the momentum. Now, defensively, they're already there. They're confident. They've got a lot of a lot of ballers on that side. It's They've the got a lot of athletes. Left opponent, I mean, you're sleepy. Right. But here's the one thing that they have not done. And you mentioned it just a second ago was the turnovers. This is the this is the game where you get those turnovers. They have one in two games. You have to have more than that. And that was one of the biggest. That was the only thing that they did not do against Rutgers. They did everything else. They pressured the quarterback. They got big stops when they were put into bad situations. They kept Syracuse in that game for as long as possible. They didn't get the big turnover. This is a game where you have a chance to get, I think, multiple turnovers, whether it's strip sacks, whether it's forcing them into a bad decision because you're pressuring them. And so the quarterback throws an errant pass and you can pick it off. Chestnut going to pick six this week. There's your bold prediction for the day. <laughs> Deuce Chestnut. And I don't know if you all saw this on, on social media. He's actually going to be releasing uh, some merchandise here. And he's, oh. he's dubbing his brand Sarah Deuce. <laughs> Sarah Deuce, he's got. So he's like gonna that, have man. he's gonna have some swag out there with Sarah, Sarah like Deuce that. all over it, which is it's it's very creative. I do like that. But that's what I want to see from the defense. I want to see the turnovers. I want to see them continue to play with that aggressiveness. And frankly, I'd love to see him shut Albany out. You know that that's the other thing they haven't done. They held Ohio to three field goals. Uh, they, they held Rutgers only 17 points. So you're, you're giving up an average of 13 points a game. That's, that's fantastic. If you can keep up uh, that level uh, of uh, stinginess on the defensive end all season, 
But this is this is an Albany team that has not scored a lot of points. They've got 20 points in two games, both against teams at their level. They're not playing Alabama and Oklahoma and only scoring, you know, six points and 14 points in, in their first two games. So you should be able to, in my opinion, go into this game expecting that the Syracuse defense is going to shut them out or keep them the three points, something like that. You should dominate them in okay. all fast goose egg. Get the goose egg, and a Deuce Chestnut pick six would certainly, certainly help things out. So let let's uh, we're gonna flip back over to to the offense, but we're gonna focus in a little more micro than our our macro views there, and specifically at the quarterback, at the quarterback position. Uh, Tommy DeVito and Garrett Schrader split time against Rutgers. We discussed that at length in episode three about how the switching back and forth really hurt the rhythm of the offense. But the two-quarterback system, we've discussed that at length, too, through the first three episodes. Is this the last game that we should see the two-quarterbacks? Should, should this be the last time that that happens for the rest of the season, that they pick a guy after the season? I'm curious how you think they should approach the quarterbacks going into this game and beyond. Uh, if they're going to do two quarterbacks, definitely should be the last game, man, because – I feel like down the season, man, you got to stick to a quarterback so he can catch his rhythm through the rest of the season. So if this is the game they're going to keep rotating, man, give somebody the first half and somebody the second half or whoever, vice versa, series to series, you know what I'm saying, two series, three series, and see who catches fire, who catches the momentum. Both of them probably catch fire early because they're playing an FCS team, but who's really got the confidence, who is making the right pass, who's making the right reason. You know what I'm saying? That's when you pick it, man. This should be the final game because if y'all do this all season, it's going to be a long season. Absolutely. <laughs> um, we, we've said this before as well. If you have two quarterbacks, you don't have one. That's an old adage. There's a reason that it's that it's an old adage. It's because in most, a vast majority of situations, it's true. In the rare circumstance where it's not, it's because you have um, a, your backup quarterback is a, is a true freshman by the name of Tim Tebow, right? So you got to get him on the field a little bit. So you're going to have him come in and goal line packages and do your little jump pass and things of that nature and run the power quarterback draw here and there. Uh, those are the situations where the two quarterbacks work. Syracuse is not in a situation where they have two elite quarterbacks. And so you can go back and forth and be fine. They have two quarterbacks who need to be out there and establish rhythm in order to not only just for the rest of, of an individual game, but that builds on itself throughout the season. You're not looking over your shoulder. Tommy DeVito's the guy. He goes in and he knows that he can make mistakes and he's going to stay in there. And he knows that, you know, he doesn't just get three or four series and then Garrett's going to come in regardless of how Tommy performs. He's going to stay in there. And, and I think that is critical. So as I mentioned in the last episode, my approach would be this, and, and you alluded to it, which is, you take Tommy DeVito and you say, you've been our starter all season, so you're going to start the game. You're getting the whole first half. Then the second half, we're going to Garrett Schrader, and he's playing the whole second half. Now, typically, when you're playing an FCS team, you expect that you're going to be up by quite a bit at the half, yeah. and that in the second half, you're just going to basically hand the ball off and run the ball and, and get out of there. I'm not doing that in this game. In this game, even if you throw a bunch of reserves in there with Garrett, I'm still having him run the offense because I want to see what he can do to give a fair assessment. And then when the game is over, you make a determination. This is Garrett's team. This is Tommy's team. And you sit them both down and say, 
This is what we're doing. We're going forward. And we expect the other one of you to continue to prepare as if you're going to start just in case, but also to be a good teammate and support the other one and and help each other out. And I think, I think that would happen, but they got to figure this out. Right. Like a preseason game, man. You know what I'm saying? We evaluating who the best quarterback, who can be our starter, who can be our leader. You know what I'm saying? They better take full advantage of it, man. That's why I say they better focus in on this week, man. Practice like they're going to play. I mean, imagine um, we've, we've discussed some of the the great players you played with, Ryan Nassib, um, Ben Roethlisberger in the NFL. Imagine during Ryan Nassib's senior year, him coming out after three series in a game. And, well, and, and no, right. Or Ben Roethlisberger in the middle of a game comes out for a couple series. I mean, Man. and, and again, I know that neither Tommy DeVito nor Garrett Schrader is comparable to a Ryan Nassib or a Ben Roethlisberger, but th- that's not the point. The point is you need to have a guy and allow him to get into rhythm. And Ben Roethlisberger has been notorious for struggling at the beginning of games. And then in the second half, you can't stop him. Yeah, yeah, same. But with NASA, man, I can only say I respect NASA. NASA went through a lot of things. You know, we had what's the basketball player we came in with? Uh, Greg Paul, the basketball Greg player. Greg Paulus, yeah. He had to sit and wait, even though I don't disrespect Greg Paul. He was a great guy, but he NASA was better. You know what I'm saying? NASA had years that he had a bad mistake, but his senior year, I can say he was a different total confidence it was just amazing like i never seen a guy call me out every day in practice that's why i say practice is makes you who you are man and nasa was that guy man i'm talking about he came at me every day even though i ain't you know i'm, I'm letting him have it but reality, <laughs> he came to compete and it, it it brings the confidence to your receivers your running backs you hear your quarterback with that type of aura and he's willing to win and take whatever it takes like you know what i'm saying who had who had the backup um uh, what was his name? Our backup quarterback that year. Uh, oh, Charlie Lowe. Charlie Lowe yes. was one of the hardest Charlie workers. Charlie Lowe. Met. You know what I'm saying? Charlie Lowe was one of the hardest workers I ever met. I'm talking about the Texas. ridiculously good looking Charlie Lowe. Yes. You know Great shape, fit. You know what I'm saying? Charlie Lowe had confidence, but some, it was something different about NASA confidence, man. And I remember that day he brought us all together just as a team and taught us. And he was telling us, we're going to win. We're going to go to the play. We're going to go to the uh, bowl game and stuff like that, man. And uh, that's when we looked in his eyes and seen that fire. So one of these quarterbacks got to take that type of role, man. You got to be a quarterback. Got to be the leader, man. He got to stand out in this game. He got to show that he's the one. You know what I'm saying? Like NASA did. He showed that he was the one. No disrespect to Charlie Lowe because that's my guy. But – Nassau came in with a different chip on his shoulder and it showed throughout the season, man, through adversity. We could rely on him, man. We was down in Missouri game and him and Al Lemon brought us back. At Charlie Loeb, I believe, is a lefty, wasn't he a lefty? Lefty, Charlie man. Lowe. He even taught, he even taught techniques to uh, Tim Tebow. People don't know that on camera. He used to do that. It's like he was a great quarterback, but it was something about Nassau, man, up top. It's, it's a mental game sometimes, man. You can work hard and Learn all the technique, but if you ain't got it up here, the confidence up here, man, it, it don't. And I'm not saying Charlie didn't have confidence, because that's my guy. I don't want to. That's my guy. <laughs> I see how much he worked. You know what I'm saying? But NASA was different. Had an Absolutely. Uh, we're going to have to do like an off-season podcast episode about about yeah. that team, because uh, that Missouri game was incredible because it. Yeah. Just just a quick note, I remember watching that game and it looked like after the first two possessions, 
they were going to blow you guys out. Well, out. And yeah. I, I was watching, I almost turned the television off as I'm like, this is, this is ugly. And then next thing you know, Alec Lemon is scoring a touchdown at the end of the game to win it. You know, it's crazy. We knew we was going to win that game just to fire and that's surprise. You know what I'm saying? He didn't panic. He didn't do none of that. Last year, we probably got a little bit of panic with NASA. You know what I'm saying? A little anticipating thing, but we knew it. We knew Alec and them had it because they was doing it all count, doing it every practice, and day in, day out. Underrated wide receiver in Syracuse history, Alec Lennon. Definitely. That guy was always open. Uh, let, let's get back into the Syracuse-Albany matchup, and we're going to look at Albany a little bit and their record, their personnel, some of their stats. And I'm just going to kind of read through some of these uh, for you, Shamarco, and then and then get your reaction. So Albany is 0-2. They lost 28-6 to at North Dakota State in, the, in their season opener. North Dakota State is always one of the best teams at the F- FCS level. And they lost... Uh, their home opener, 16 to 14 to um, in-conference foe Rhode Island. So far on the season, they are averaging 10 points a game while allowing 22. They average a whopping 37 yards rushing per game at 1.3 yards per carry. They allow 200 yards rushing per game at over five yards per carry. Passing wise, They average 214 yards passing per game, two touchdowns, two interceptions. They only allow 137.5 yards per game through the air. Most teams are running the ball against them, it seems. But they have given up in two games. They have given up nine sacks. And they have turned the ball over three times. Um, What's your first reaction to hearing some of those statistics from the Albany they Great Danes. Help. <laughs> they need some milk. <laughs> 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 no, but man, this should be a sight for Syracuse, man. Like you said earlier, man, I want to see, like you said, you want to see gadgets, you want to see tight end get the ball. This is that game, man, to build everybody's confidence up, man. Literally, do you, man, if they hear these stats, they should be chopping at the sticks to play these boys, you know? And uh, defense, hey, Keep going, man. Get these turnovers on this. But you said they only had three turnovers. It should be seven out of this game. Absolutely. Uh, we'll we'll give you a couple of their key players on both sides of the ball. Um, their leading rusher is Carl Mofer, uh, who has 99 yards in two games, averaging 2.7 yards per carry and does have one touchdown. Uh, their starting quarterback is Jeff Undercuffler, who is completing 56% of his passes, 400 yards in two games, two touchdowns and two picks. Um, receiving their leading receiver is Roy Alexander, who has eight catches for 167 yards and a 67 yard touchdown. He's a five foot 11 freshman from Fort Myers, Florida. So he's a Florida kid. He's got some speed. He got some speed. Hey, hey. keep an eye on him. On he's yeah. he's going to be someone I think that they're going to look to make some big plays, uh, in, in this one, their leading tackler is, uh, I think he's a he's actually a defensive back. Uh, Larry Walker Jr. Fourteen tackles in two games. Also has three pass breakups. Say um, I believe he's a corner. Your corner, uh, your leading tackler. That's what it says. That's what it says. Uh, he's also the uh, leads the team in pass breakups. Uh, they're leading. Um, they've only got three players who have recorded a sack. Uh, 
AJ Missler, a linebacker from Staten Island, New York, has recorded one sack. Um, Jared Verse, a defensive lineman from Florida, 6'4", 250 pounds, defensive end. He has a sack as well. So those are some of their top defensive players. Their punter, Sean Rawls, is averaging 42 yards per punt, has 14 punts in two games. That is a lot of punts. That's seven punts per game. Um, And they do not have a single field goal attempt on the season. So we don't know anything about their kicker. Oh, uh, man. That's one thing we're going to talk about, special teams. This, they should yes. Capitalize, should capitalize on special teams. Let's do that right now. Let's get right into special teams um, before we kind of get our final thoughts here. Is the fact that Albany's kicker has not attempted a field goal this season, which that would seem to suggest in two games, not a single field goal attempt, that, that there's not a lot of confidence in terms of uh, the power behind his leg. But – Syracuse really struggled from a special team standpoint against Rutgers. They had a punt blocked. They missed a field goal. Um, what can, what should they be able to do in this game to reestablish themselves as a team that has an advantage on special teams going into each game? Like, uh, like my special team is always, coach always said, get back to the basics, man, and attack. You know what I'm saying? See the stuff you can do and see the stuff you cannot do. This is a type of team where you take a full advantage of just Throwing stuff out there, seeing if it works or it don't work, man. So this is the game for a pump return to take one to the crib, man. See where is the best side of returning left or right up the middle. You know what I'm saying? Who's your best blockers? All that type of stuff, man. Who's your best kick returner? You know what I'm saying? That this is the game to really fix up everything and hone in before the, the length of the season. Absolutely. So you hope for a couple of, of returns that, that you can break for big gains, even if you don't end up scoring on them, but a couple of, of big returns. Samarco's going to yell at you if you don't. Um, and then you hope that they struggled punting the ball, right? This in the last game. So they had one that was blocked. Then they brought the backup in who had, I think an eight yard punt. Uh, they had a couple others that, that weren't great in terms of, of their length, but you hope in this game, you don't see the punter. You don't want to know if he's improved because you should be moving the ball and scoring on just about every single possession. So you hope as much as you want to see the improvement from the punting, from the punting position, you don't want to see the evidence of that in this game. Score every series. And then also, this one that I always forget, is like I said, it's a championship game to them. So alert gadget plays. These are the teams that come out with everything. Reverse throw passes and everything. So for the defense, be alert. Just be alert, man. This is their championship, man. It's like you in the Super Bowl, you putting it all in. So as they're preparing to get better in their technique and all that stuff, just know that Team Albany is coming with gadgets. Cause you know they can't look at the two point two yards of carry. You think they gonna really trust in the run? You know what I'm saying? They believe in they. You know what I'm saying? It's it's gonna be gadget trick plays. They're gonna try to get it into the receivers' hands in any way possible. So just hone on your keys and play your fundamentals, and y'all gonna make hella plays. Ohio did a Philly special against Syracuse in week one. So you, I mean, you could have a little bit of that. You could have a triple reverse pass back to the reserve punter. I mean, there's going to be something going on in this game. They're, they're going to do something. So definitely be on the lookout for that. Yes, sir. Shamarco, your final thoughts going into this game. Let's get your game prediction. I want to score um, and and a brief kind of uh, outlook on how you think the game's going to go. Score. Uh, uh, I give them 
rotating quarterbacks, first half, second half. Um, 35 0. 35 0, Syracuse. 35 0. Uh, I think our first quarterback going to come out and go blazing, man. I feel like he's trying to get his, his confidence back, man. He's trying to prove to the coaches that he's meant to be the leader. And uh, even the back when the backup quarterback gets in, he's going to have the mentality too. But I don't know who they're going bring, to bring in with him, you know, side the receivers and the running backs. So, but I think they could both have a, a good game. I feel like the first quarterback is going to really stand out. I'm really his fan. I'm, I'm, I'm his fan. I want him to strive because I like the underdogs. I like the people that people was against, and they always arrive on the right time and right moment. So I hope he builds his confidence back. And uh, defense is about to have a fun game. You know what I'm saying? A lot of turnovers, a lot of sacks, a lot of touchdowns, man. And they're going to keep doing what they're doing, man, striving and elevating their confidence. And this is going to be a hard game for Auburn. I'm going to go 45 to three Syracuse. I'll give Albany a token field goal in there. <laughs> the first one of the season. I do expect a pick six or, or a scoop and score the defense to get on the scoreboard in this one. And uh, I think Syracuse will dominate from start to finish. So Kyle, let's start your internet sensationalism right now with a prediction on Syracuse versus Albany. I'm going to split the middle of you two. Uh, Schmarco went 35. You went 45. I'm going to go with 42, nothing. Uh, Again, this is a game they should win by a lot. And I think especially the quarterbacks need a game to just let loose and score as much as possible. And I think if Dino gives them the keys to the car and just say, go at it, I think they will. Um, I also would like to shout out Sean Tucker. I want at least a 200-yard performance from him. Um, I also had to look up the FBS record of rushing yards in a game. It is 427 by Samaj P. Ryan in 2014 against Kansas. So I would like to see that record possibly go down, maybe like three or four lung busting runs, something. I want to see something from Sean Tucker that's getting after that defense. If they give up 200 plus a game, I want to, I want yeah, to see. It is a game. I forgot about it. It might be a game breaking game for him, man. I love the way he played. This is why Kyle is going to be an internet sensation. No pressure, Sean Tucker. Just set the record for most rushing <laughs> no yards pressure. in a game. No <laughs> pressure. Only 428 yards. Only four, I mean, I get that in a half in Madden all the time. So Sean Tucker <laughs> should be able to do that in real life, right? I mean, come on. He's a game. Obviously. Yeah. Oh, gotta love it. Well, that'll do it for episode four of the Believe in Syracuse podcast presented by Bet Online for Shamarco Thomas and internet sensation Kyle Left. I'm Mike McAllister, and we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.